Hello friends, welcome to the Hillside Church podcast. My name is Brad and I serve Hillside Church as the lead pastor. We're so glad to be able to share God's word with you in this way. God has so much in store for you and for your life. And one of the ways God works in our lives is through the study of his word, like the message you're about to hear. Our prayer for you is that as you share in this message, if it's me preaching or if it's someone else, is that God's word would minister to your heart and life in a most powerful way. Thanks again for being part of our church family. God bless you. Now, I want to take just a couple minutes and chat with you about baptism this morning. This week, Baptism Sunday is one of my favorite Sundays. In fact, if I had to say my three favorite Sundays to to share to be at church, or at least my three favorite days to share to be at church, number one is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is my favorite Sunday. I love to preach on Easter Sunday, and I love to be together on Easter Sunday. Number two is our Christmas Eve service. We have a wonderful Christmas Eve service, and I love being a part of that, whether it's on Sunday or not. And then number three is Baptism Sundays. I love, love, love these Sundays. These are a significant, special opportunity for us to celebrate. And this year's baptismal service is extra memorable. Because it's a good thing to remember when you learn something. And this year, we learned something. We learned that it's important when you're filling up the hot water tank, or filling up the hot tub for baptisms, to make sure all of the hoses and everything are all attached before you start adding the water. Because if you don't do that, you end up with this. I was sitting in my office and I could hear some water running and thought, oh, that's weird. wonder what that's from. And then kept hearing it and kept hearing it. Thought, I should probably go check and see how the hot tub's doing. And the hot tub was doing fantastic. Um, the carpet, maybe not so much. Um, but so we spent all to our Thursday afternoon, pa- our Pastor Matt, he's there working hard. He's not trying to shovel water, um, but instead he's trying to push it towards our, our, our thing that we were using to suck up all the water. And in this photo here, you can see me and Pastor Lori came and she was helping. You can't see Pastor Matt, but Pastor Matt's presence is in this photo. Um, he was just under the stage. Um, He had crawled down underneath the stage trying to suck up all the water that had gotten down underneath there. So we will always remember this baptismal service, and hopefully we will have learned a thing or two about baptisms this Sunday. But we will never forget this baptism. But baptisms are just one of my favorite, favorite things that we do. But I want to talk to you about why we celebrate baptism. Why, why, Why do we do this? Why do we not just sit back and say, huh, well, that's a kind of a neat thing that they did there, and, and maybe give them a nice, polite little clap. Why, why is this a big moment? Why, why does this matter? And it really comes down to what baptism is a symbol of. And we know that there are lots of layers to baptism, and, and the, each little part of baptism has so much that they can teach us. And if you'd like to learn and understand a lot about all of the symbolism of baptism, I invite you to read Romans chapter 6. I mean, you can do that, and that's a great place to go where Paul goes into so much about baptism. But I just want to talk about baptism on a truly basic level this morning, and then hopefully bring it home for all of us who's, you know, for our service right now, we've got one person getting baptized. So there's a whole lot of us that that I want to talk to this morning about what baptism can mean, or what a baptism Sunday can mean for you today. You see, baptism wasn't 
and isn't even specifically today a Christian practice. Um, It wasn't something that the Bible came up with. It wasn't something that God came from on high and said, you're going to do this thing where you dunk people in water, and here's why. Baptism was actually a practice long before Jesus. And we can even see that in the the Bible, but inside of Jewish culture, what baptism was, was it was essentially like an allegiance to a teacher. In, in a sense, it was, it was like when you found sort of your, your teacher, when you found sort of your rabbi, when you found your guy, you would be baptized by them. And what that would be is it would be like a way of saying publicly, this is my guy, that this is who I'm choosing to follow. This is who I'm going to be a disciple of. And it's why, as as Zach shared with us this morning, it's why we read that um, when Jesus went to be baptized by John, there was actually a lineup of people there waiting to be baptized by John. Because there was all these people that were saying, John's my guy. And so they were all being baptized by John. And so for us, baptism is kind of like that moment where, where we make a statement for our lives that Jesus is my guy, but it's bigger than that, and it's more than that. It's a public recognition of the faith and salvation that we have already found in Jesus Christ. See, it's difficult, if not impossible, to comprehend what an amazing gift we have in salvation. The creator of the universe so deeply wanted a relationship with us that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and take the punishment for our sin. This is the picture of love in its fullest and most perfect form. When thinking about this truth, we can't help but pour out our praise from the inner depths of our being. There are no words great enough, no melody, no melody beautiful enough to return to God the praise he deserves. But we as followers of Jesus, in, in light of this gift that each one of us has been given, this gift of life in Jesus, we just don't want to receive this gift and then tuck it away and and never really acknowledge it or acknowledge the one who gave it to us. Instead, we want to give ourselves over to this new life that we have. Romans 12 encourages us like this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. We're called to give ourselves in response to God, that God gives us life and we're called in response to give our life to God. That God gives us life in him and we say, God, I will now live my life for you. And so we do this, and one of the ways that we do this is through baptism, through this public demonstration of our new life in Jesus. See, Here's what we need to know and understand. We don't celebrate today because these people have taken the step of baptism. That, that's not why we celebrate. We, it's not why we celebrated three baptisms this morning, and it's not why we're going to celebrate one baptism this afternoon. We celebrate because these people are publicly in front of each of us saying, I am a follower of Jesus. I have given him my life. 
It's a public declaration of who we are in Christ. We don't celebrate because someone has taken this step. We celebrate because of what this step symbolizes. And we celebrate because people are saying, I have accepted Jesus, and that, my friends, is worth celebrating. And so today we celebrate these people that are making a public declaration about who they serve and who they've given their life to, who they are making a commitment to. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul writes this about the people in the church in Corinth. He says, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Paul says that your life is, your life is a letter, but it's not a letter written with a pen, it's written by God's spirit and it's not written on tablets of stone or paper or an iPad. It's written on your heart. Paul, he, Paul says that our hearts are the greatest evidence of God's work on earth. Our lives are constant pictures of his grace at work in the world. And baptism gives us a public way of acknowledging who wrote the letter of our lives. Throughout the Old Testament, uh, people use stones as monuments or memorials for special events. The, the stones were marked and left in special places where God had done something miraculous on people's behalf. They were meant to inspire faith in the hearts of those who look back on them. When, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, when he received, when he had spent 40 days with God and he received the Ten Commandments and he, he comes home or comes down from the mountain, it says that he built an altar. He built a monument. Exodus says that Moses rose up early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 pillars corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel. We see this in a story of the life of Jacob from the book of Genesis. Jacob had this incredible encounter with God where through this encounter, Jacob receives the promise that God will always be with him. And the next day, Jacob builds an altar, a monument to what God had promised him. In the book of Joshua, the story is told of the Israelites entering into the land that God had promised them. And one of the first major obstacles they come to is they've got to cross the Jordan River. And there's this incredible moment where God performs this miracle. And we sang this morning that, that he's a God who still performs miracles. But we have this incredible moment where God actually stops the flow of the river to allow the people to walk across on dry land. And as they're doing that, Joshua instructs one of the leaders from each one of the tribes to stop and pick up a stone from the middle of the river and carry it with them to the other side. And they build an altar, a monument, so that they would always remember. And anyone who came to that place would always remember that moment. And we see God do this kind of thing for the Israelites in the Old Testament. In fact, he tells them what their monument should be, what their moment should be. Over 90 times in the Old Testament, God refers to himself as, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. 
all throughout the Old Testament, God brings them back to that moment and says, remember who I am. Remember what I did for you. Over and over, God reminds the people of this moment. God set the people free from Egypt, as a, and he reminds them this is a monument in our relationship. And Jesus gave us this as well. When Jesus commanded us to remember him and what he did every time we sit down and break bread and share a cup together through communion, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what I did. We're commanded over and over again to have these markers and these moments in our lives to remind us of what God has done. And just like stones in the Old Testament served to inspire faith and those who looked back on them, the moments, the stories, and the experiences you have with God serve to inspire faith in your own heart. We need to collect reminders of our past tangible objects that remind us of God's promises and we need to have them in our lives in places where other people can see them. See, we commemorate any number of special or significant moments in our lives. Our, our first day at school, graduation from high school or from college, getting married, the birth of a child, a promotion at work, retirement, a major illness or diagnosis, the death of a loved one. There are moments that we commemorate Moments that, that we enclose in time. That If you go to, to almost anybody's house, you'll see pictures of significant moments around. But there are these same kind of moments in our walk with God. Times in your life when you know that God has revealed his presence and power in your life. And we need to have these kinds of markers, these moments to prevent us from experiencing spiritual amnesia. Spiritual markers, stones of remembrance, point to the significant moments of our past where we have experienced God's presence and God's power so that we can have faith that God is at work in our present. It's easy to lose sight of God's promises and the things that he's already done when things get hard. In the chaos of life, we, we can get so focused on today that we can forget God's faithfulness from yesterday and God's promises for tomorrow. But here's the thing. Here's, here's something important for us to know. God doesn't punish us for being forgetful. But God does show us how to remember. We need to build altars using pieces of our story to remind us of what happened. And so for many here today, we have so many moments and reminders that serve as monuments in our relationship with God. Maybe it's a memory. Maybe it's something tangible. Maybe it's a moment. Maybe it's a season in your life that you look back on and you remember what God has done. But I want to encourage you today for all of us today, all of us who, who, would follow, who say we were followers of Jesus, to take a few moments and remind ourselves of our monuments. 
Maybe it's a few moments with a spouse or, or with a friend. And to sit down and just say, can I share with you some of my monuments? I, I want to relive this out loud. I want to go back in my memory and remember together some of the times God worked in our lives. Or maybe it's, it's better for you to do it by yourself. Take a few moments with just you, God, and your journal. Or you, God, and the notes app on your phone. And, and just sit down and make a list of moments in your life where something happened and you remember God's goodness. Where, where you went through a really difficult season and God showed himself faithful. Or you were praying for something and you saw the answer to prayer. Or maybe the day you got baptized. Or maybe you remember the day you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But take time to remember and reflect on who God is and what he's done in your life. And baptism is maybe the most important reminder that we could have in our lives. The most important marker that we could have. It's, it's a moment that is public. And that matters because it's not just a, a personal quiet moment. It's a shared experience between yourself God, and the rest of your church family. That we don't, we don't watch someone get baptized. We are a part of that process. We are a part of this baptism. We participate in this moment. And so from now on, no matter where life takes those who are being baptized, they will always have today. They will always have November 26th, 2023 that will serve as a reminder for them that they have chosen to follow Jesus Christ. That they have given their lives to Jesus. This is an incredible, incomparable, wonderful gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. And it's now the hallmark of their lives. And as they build the moment, or build their monument to that moment in their lives through baptism, they can know that nothing at all can take that moment away. No longer I who live, but Christ in me. Thanks again for being a part of this message from Hillside Church. We pray that God was able to speak to you through what was shared. We're so grateful to be able to share God's word with our church community and family. And that includes you. And we'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hillside Airdrie. You can contact us through email at info at hillsideairdrie.ca. Or you can go to hillsideairdrie.ca and click on contact us from the main menu. Or you can find our pastoral team contact by clicking on our pastors from the Our Church drop down menu. Our vision for everyone that shares in Hillside Church is that they would know God, know his hope, know his purpose, and know his power in their lives. And we pray this message ministered to you. At Hillside Church, we're a family not by blood, but a family that's been bought by blood. As family we go.
enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine. Oh, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said, you are mine.